Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Relive the classic days of the Old West with the best in old-time radio westerns. From gunslinging cowboys to heroic sheriffs, these radio dramas will transport you back to a time of adventure and mystery. Enjoy a vast selection of stories and episodes that will keep you entertained for hours. Make sure to check out our show notes for more information about these episodes. So join us and experience the best in cowboy classic old-time radio westerns. in the territory on west, there's just one way to handle the killers and the spoilers, and that's with a U.S. Marshal and the smell of gun smoke. Gun Smoke, starring William Conrad. The story of the violence that moved west with young America. The story of a man who moved with it. Matt Dillon, United States Marshal. Everything was all right until about a mile north of the Cimarron... That's when my horse got a hoof caught in a frozen dog hole and broke his leg. So I had to shoot him. It made me feel awful bad. I didn't feel any better thinking about the walk ahead of me. Close to 40 miles to dodge and carry in my saddle all the way. Guess I'd been on the trail about an hour, near as I could figure it was around 3 in the afternoon. And I'd ease the saddle off my shoulders for a rest and a smoke. And that's when I saw the stranger riding up from the way I'd come. He was tall and thin. And his horse was taller and even thinner. And they made quite a pair. Hi. How are you? You lost? No. My horse busted his leg away back. I'm on my way to Dodge. That's your horse, huh? I saw it. Yeah. On your way to Dodge, huh? Yeah, that's right. Uh, you got any more of that tobacco? Yeah, sure. Uh, here you are. Thanks. Uh, thanks a lot. That's okay. Well, a big walk you've got ahead, ain't it? <laughs> kind of. It's going to be dark soon. You figure making camp? Uh, that's the idea. Well, it's too bad. Yeah. Do you need any food? No, 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 thanks. I, I got enough. Uh-huh. Well, I thank you for the tobacco. Sure. Anytime. Uh, 
Hey. The arm? I'd say in this beast won't drop dead from the shock, but do you want to climb on behind? Save your piece of boot leather for a while, anyway. Why, well, I'd be much obliged if you think that animal of yours can carry us. Well, she won't mind. Should have been dead a long time ago, except she don't know it. She don't mind. Well, okay, thanks. Uh, here, will you hold my saddle till I get up, huh? Yeah, give it here. Yeah. Uh, can you manage the saddle? Yeah, give it him. Yeah, I got it. Now, let's go. You heading for Dodge, too? Not in particular. Just north. Uh-huh. This beast will do about ten knots with the wind behind her, but we ain't going to get more than five with this load. You ain't in no hurry, I am. Well, I, I was kind of hoping to get back tonight. It's a Christmas Eve, you know. Oh, yeah, that's right, isn't it? Yeah. That backbone of hers sticking into you? Oh, no, it's okay. Thanks. Notice that tin do-jigger tied to you. You the law? Yeah, yeah, I'm a, I'm a U.S. Marshal. Uh, my name's Matt Dillon. That's so. I've never seen a Marshal on foot. <laughs> well, it happens sometimes. How is it you're down this way? And it might off your course? Hmm? So you marshal down here as well as Dodge? No, no, I, I just took a prisoner across the Cimarron into Oklahoma Territory. Turned him over to the Army there. Did, huh? And then he shot up tight. We must have ridden a couple of miles without a word. I got to thinking about Dodge and Chester and Doc and... Kitty, and the rest of them. You know, there's something pretty special about any place at Christmas time. <laughs> the backbone of the stranger's nag was just about to split me in two when he talked up. My name is Cowley. Oh? Cowley. Uh, better heave to a spell. She's breathing mighty hard. All right, hold up. Yes. Ah. Yeah, it's getting a little chilly, isn't it? Yeah. Um, could I trouble you for another smoke? Oh, sure, sure. Here you are. I thank you. Say, hmm? what's it like in Dodge? What? Dodge. What's it like? <laughs> oh, it's like any other town, I guess. Pretty big, huh? Well, yeah, I guess so. Not so big as New York, though. Oh, oh no, 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 not as big as that. You know, I haven't been in a big town now for more than ten years. Oh, is that so? No. Been down the territories, drifting. Thought I'd move up north this time, maybe go back east. Now you're from the east, huh? Some time back. Say, what's it like? What? Well, Dodge, any town, uh, at Christmas. Same as it used to be? Well, I guess so. Uh, what do you do? Well, same as most people, I guess. What most people do at Christmas. Well, that ain't saying a lot. What are the folks like? And what does it look like? I, I just 
I'd just kind of like to know. Well, I I don't know. Uh, well, there's Front Street. Uh, that's most of Dodge right now. Of course, it's getting bigger all Do the you time. have any kids? No, no, I'm, I'm not married. Yeah. Kids have fun Christmas. Yeah, yeah, they do. That, that's certain. And Dodge, they sometimes have a party for the kids a couple of days before Christmas. Uh, kids like that. And then everybody gets feeling good, looking forward to Christmas Eve. Like last year. There was snow on the ground. But the sky was clear. You, you could even see the stars. I was going down the street to the Texas Trail to meet Doc and Chester. Uh, Chester, he's my deputy. Doc's a doctor in town. We had some work to do later on in the evening. You could... Uh, see the light shining behind the curtained windows, and almost everybody had a sprig of holly berries hanging up. They got some from the east a couple of days earlier. I remember running into John Bumby. He's a kind of general handyman in Dodge. Never says much, but <laughs> he sure had a lot to say that night. Oh, hello, Marshal. Oh, hi, John. A lovely night for Christmas Eve, isn't it? Yeah, it certainly is, John. Yeah. Pretty fine night. Peace on earth, goodwill to men, <laughs> Mr. Dillon. Yeah, that's the way it should be, John. Um, you know, Marshal, this is going to be quite a night for me. Yes, sir. Oh, is that oh, so? Oh, yes, sir. Tonight, I'm asking Mrs. McNish to become Mrs. Bumby. What? Mm-hmm. Why, John, I didn't know that. Oh, I know it's been a mighty fast secret, but I, I'm popping the question tonight. Well, oh. I wish you a lot of luck, John. Hey, I'll I tell you what. Come by to the Texas Trail later, and, and we'll have a drink on it. Oh, I will. I really will, Marshal. <laughs> You're good and kind, Marshal. Good and kind. Merry Christmas, Marshal. Merry Christmas. Well, the same to you, John. That may sound kind of funny to you, but John Bumby's a good man. A little peculiar sometimes, but good as they come. And they don't make enough like him. Of course, most everybody in Dodge suspected Doc and Ms. McNish were sweet on each other. But it just goes to show you. Uh, I'll tell you about John and Ms. McNish a little later. So I went on down the street. You know, it's a funny thing about those words... Merry Christmas. Men say it to each other, and... Well, it makes them feel kind of good. I know what you mean. Used to be a seafaring man myself. When you're on the sea and it comes Christmas, things like that can... They can count a lot. Yeah. Well, we might as well get underway again, huh? Sure. Yeah. All right. Hey, you want to take yeah. my saddle? Give it here. Okay. That's... Give it to me. Okay. Come. I guess. I guess you'll miss it in Dodge tonight. I mean, won't you? Well, if you could get a little more out of this nag of yours, we might make it tonight. Oh, there's not a chance. She'll be on her beam ends pretty quick. She's been on a long reach since sunup. Ah. Oh. Mighty bare country up this way. All right. Depends on what you're used to, I suppose. Well, mighty bare where I've been, too. It's not like the sea. That's always different. 
How come you left it? I always heard a sailor doesn't ever get it out of his blood. Or the sea? <laughs> guess you can get it out of your blood, all right. You got the right reason you can. Yeah, I guess so. Say, you trying to get something out of me? But, well, no. Get what? I, I would just remind you. want to ride with me? I don't want any talk about the sea. Well, you brought it up. I get it. Turn for the second act of Gunsmoke in just a moment. But first, tomorrow night, Jack Benny and his whole fun-making gang make a personal appearance at a Long Beach, California veterans' hospital. It's going to be a Christmas they'll never forget, as Benny and the bunch cut loose while they assist the folks at the hospital in trimming their Christmas tree. Be sure to join the fun tomorrow night on CBS Radio when it's Jack Benny time all across America. Now for the second act of Gunsmoke. Amos Cowley sulked his way along the trail for the next while. And then it was almost like he couldn't stand the quiet. Or maybe he had things on his mind. He turned his head. Go on. What? Go on. Tell me some more. Oh, about Dodge? Yeah. Well, I, I don't know. Well, you try some more. Well, uh... They got a little pine tree in the Texas a Trail. Tree? Yeah, come down a long way from the north. Uh, uh, Kitty Russell, she, she's a hostess in the Texas Trail. Well, she she got a lot of ribbon and gee-gaws and made it look real nice. Uh, that was last Christmas. A star at the top? A star? Yeah. Yeah, I think so. It looked like a star, I guess. It <laughs> sure looked pretty. And there was, a, well, a, a, a difference in the place that day. Everybody was celebrating and feeling real good. The doors would swing open and somebody would come in and, you know, maybe somebody you just knew to nod at, but because it was Christmas Eve, he'd come right up and say, hello. Oh, maybe that's a good reason, maybe not. I don't know. All right, I'll tell you. Anyhow, it was still kind of early. Kitty and Chester were standing off looking at the tree. Hi, Matt. Good evening, Mr. Dillon. Hi, Kitty. Chester. How do you like it, Matt? Christmas tree. Oh, that's real pretty. Only tree but one in the whole town. Yeah, Kate's got one over at the Alphaganza. Oh, well, I'll have to see it later. Where's Sam? I don't know. Maybe he started celebrating too soon. Doc's taking over the bar. Yeah, Yeah, that's right. This part of the podcast is sponsored by Understanding the Bible Made Easy. Are you looking to better understand the Bible? Then look no further than Understanding the Bible Made Easy. This book is a perfect companion for anyone looking to explore the Bible in a comprehensive and easy-to-understand way. With clear explanations, helpful tips, this book will help you gain a deeper understanding of the Bible so you can start applying its teachings to your life right away. Get your copy of Understanding the Bible Made Easy from Amazon or check out the link at the top of our show notes. 
Right. You want a drink, Kitty? Sure. Uh, oh, right away. I'll get you a drink. I'll get you uh, You haven't forgotten anything, have you, Mr. Dillon? Forgotten? Uh, what, Chester? There. What did I tell you, Miss Kitty? I knew just as sure as my nose that oh, you forgot. Oh, that. No, no. I, I hadn't forgotten. Oh, well... I thought as soon as they get Sam sober enough to take care of the customers, we could go on over to Doc's like we planned. Sure, we'll do that, Chester. Here you are, Matt. Ah, thanks, Doc. Ah, oh. Yeah, well, it's still snowing out? No, no, it's not. Uh, where are you going, Kitty? Oh, I just want to look outside. Ah, real pretty. Man thinks of a lot of funny things that don't mean much. Kitty standing at the door, sniffing the cold air, and the warmth inside, and the whiskey in me. It it, it was a good feeling. And then Chester and I decided to take a bottle over to Mr. Hightower. He's the telegraph operator over at the depot. He runs a printing shop on the side. Say, Mr. Dillon? Yeah, Chester. Do you mind if I stop by the church for a minute? Well, no, I don't mind. I just feel kind of right tonight, Mr. Dillon. Figure out to thank somebody for it. Sure. So we stopped by the church. I've never been much of a man for a church, I guess, but I went along with Chester. Wasn't anybody else there, just the two of us. Guess we sat for ten minutes in that place. Chester a little way off with his head bowed. You know, there's a lot of peace in a church, maybe. Maybe it's the quiet, maybe. Maybe it's the good that people find in there. Whatever it was, it made a man feel glad about pretty much everything. I haven't been in a church since I don't know when. Oh, is that so? I heaved to. Well, she's becalmed again, mister. <laughs> okay. <clears throat> she sure wasn't built for it, I'll tell you. You ever see anything like that? <laughs> uh, she is kind of old, isn't oh, she? I've had her going on eight years. She hasn't changed a mite. Eats like a pig and looks like a four-legged mizzenmist. <laughs> Smoke? Don't mind. Hey, what about that, uh... That fellow Hightower, did you get that bottle to him? Oh, sure, sure. Yeah, I, I guess it was lonely over in the depot all alone. He... He was glad for the company. There was a wood fire burning in the stove, but it didn't keep out the cold. Well, how are you, gents? Merry Christmas. Well, how's it going, Mr. Hightower? Oh, slow, Marshal, slow. Bit of excitement about an hour back, though. That's so? Yeah, 9.15 got stuck between here and Hutchison. Lots of snow back there. They getting her out? 
I'm sure they're trying, but <laughs> I'm sure glad I'm not on it. It's going to be a cold night on that train. Well, it's kind of chilly in here, isn't it, Mr. Hightower? Any warmer, and I'm going to sleep. It will say we brought you over a bottle of Irish for company. <laughs> Jameson's, well, I declare I was just thinking about a tot before you boys come in. Now, that's real <laughs> friendly. Will you have a drink with me? We sure will. Let's open her up, huh? A couple of glasses up on the shelf there, Chester. Get them down, will you? I don't know if you get an idea about the folks in Dodge or not. They, they're not any different than any other people. Or the town either. Uh, I guess maybe it's a pretty small place at that. The depot, the hall, a few stores, a church, Doc's office, a Texas trail, Alifaganza, my office. Uh, well, not much, but... Hey, it's where you live, you know? Sounds all right. I lived in a town once back east. Small. I know what you mean. Well, maybe you'll be going back. Maybe. Say, the kids, they still believe in St. Nick? Oh, sure. Mighty few kids down where I've been. Indian kids, they don't believe in St. Nick. No reason they should, I guess. I used to believe in it, you know that? Well, I guess most people did one time or another. Hey, you figure we come maybe ten miles? Maybe. Yeah, it's getting dark. Yeah. Well, come on. You want to... You want to ride the saddle for a bit? Oh, no, no. I, uh, that's okay. Well, then, okay. We rode on, and I thought about last year, about Kitty... Doc and Chester and me going over to Doc's place after Doc got tired at Tendon Bar at the Texas Trail. It was about a quarter to midnight, and we stood around and sang Christmas carols. And I, I remember how it sounded that night, how it looked. The glow in the stove in the middle of the room, and... Uh, Frosty windows. Yeah, Yeah, it was Christmas Eve, all right. It was so deep. Nowhere, 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 nowhere. Born is a king of Israel. That was just fine. Yes, it was. Oh, gee. Uh, say, now, uh, what do you say if hey, we... Hey, uh, hey, listen. Hey. Huh? Huh? Oh. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. <laughs> you know, I feel sentimental. That's exactly what I feel. I feel sentimental. I know what you mean, Doc. I surely know. Okay, Doc. Bring him out. <laughs> and I remember how Doc scuttled over to the bureau and brought out some packages. The presents weren't much, but it didn't matter what they were. And when we'd finished opening them, it was Chester who said what we were all thinking. <laughs> <laughs> 
I just... I, I, I just want to say... Miss Kitty, Doc, you, Mr. Dillon, I, I just want to say that this is the best doggone Christmas I ever had. And, and that's what I want to say. Say, he was going to tell me about that uh, that fellow John was caught in that woman. What was her name? Oh, yeah. Miss McNish. That's right. Well, she said yes. And she you've did. never seen two happier people in your whole life. Yeah, she's Miss McNish Bumpy now. Well, that's good. <laughs> uh, you know, you might settle for a bit and dodge or you could get work there. Sure would be fine if you could get back tonight, wouldn't it? Well, it, it can't be helped. I'd be a lot further away and a sight more tired if you hadn't come along. Yeah. Now, listen... How far do you figure before there's a place you might pick up a horse? Oh, I don't know, 15 miles or so, maybe. Oh, I'm not going to make any 15 miles in this nag tonight, that's for sure. Oh, that's all right. Now, I tell you what. You go on alone, you see. Oh, no, forget now, it. Now, you go I... on alone. She'd hold out with one man on her. And then you get a fresh horse and you ride into Dodge tonight. Well, thanks. That's now, very I'm kind. telling you, I want you to go. I'll be fine. I've walked before. Probably make it almost as quick as you... Look, it's, it's real nice of you, Mr. Colley, but no thanks. Uh, now, Christmas don't mean nothing to me. you got friends waiting for well, you. Well, I'll see them tomorrow. Ah, uh, you're a fool. Well, that may be. All of them nice folks, I'm going to make them feel pretty bad. Uh, look, I'll stay. If you want to go on along, uh, uh, thanks for the ride. Well... Might as well make camp, then. <laughs> I guess so. And listen, you want to tell me some more about uh, what you was telling me before we turn in? Well, sure. I but... take it kindly, mister. I'll get yourself settled. I got some stuff in my pack we can eat and maybe get a fire going. Then after we eat, you can tell me some more. We made a fire and then shared what we had for supper. He seemed to soften up after that, and we talked for a couple or three hours. It was like he was starved for news of people, everyday things, and just plain company. And that's how we spent Christmas Eve together out on the plane. And then when the fire was dying down and I was about ready for sleep, he said, Marshal, yeah, I want to tell you something. I've been needing to tell it for a long time. Do you mind? Well, of course I don't mind. Well, then I'll tell you. A few years ago, I was skipper of a little schooner. I used to sail up and down the East Coast, you know, Boston, New York. Yeah. Well, one night, we hit dirty weather off New Jersey, real dirty. Blew us off course, and we piled up on the rocks and knocked the bottom out. That's too bad. There was 18 passengers aboard, Marshal. Four of them was kids. We never saw him again. No. And my own... My own wife and my kid went down, too. I'm, I'm sorry. Well, now, something must have happened to me after that. I didn't want nothing to do with, with ships or the sea. And I started to drift out this way. 
I couldn't forget, though, do you know? And I didn't want to be near folks, especially kids, to remind me, do you know? Yeah. Well, that's how come I've been slewing around ever since. Sure, I understand. Just kind of wanted to get it off my chest. Sure. Marshal, I'd like to ride into Dodge with you tomorrow. You think I might meet some of them folks you was telling about? Why? Oh, I, I don't see why not. That it'd be all right. Maybe I wouldn't need to drift no more. Maybe I could... Uh, Drop anchored, you know. Yeah, you might at that. Yes. Well, good night. Good night. Merry Christmas, Marshal. Merry Christmas, Mr. Cowley. Smoke under the direction of Norman MacDonald stars William Conrad as Matt Dillon, U.S. Marshal. Tonight's story was specially written for Gunsmoke by Anthony Ellis, with music composed and conducted by Rex Corey. Featured in the cast were Lawrence Dobkin with Harry Bartell and John Daner, Parley Bear as Chester, Howard McNear as Doc, and Georgia Ellis as Kitty. Gunsmoke is heard by our troops overseas through the worldwide facilities of the Armed Forces Radio Service. Join us again next week as Matt Dillon, U.S. Marshal, fights to bring law and order out of the wild violence of the West in Gunsmoke. Tomorrow night, Edgar Bergen's real-life daughter Candy pays him and you a visit on The Edgar Bergen Show with Charlie McCarthy. Candy and Charlie hit it off fine, but Edgar has cause to regret his hasty decision to invite his six-year-old daughter into the show, especially when she starts throwing her voice. Sounds like fun tomorrow night on most of these same stations when CBS Radio presents The Edgar Bergen Show with Charlie McCarthy. This is Roy Rowan speaking. And remember, Eve Arden is our Miss Brooks, teaches you how to laugh every Sunday on the CBS Radio Network. Visit Arizona. Time is measured in moments, not minutes. 
like the moment your work stress disappears as you kayak through the canyons. Or the moment you discover the life-changing effects of prickly pear chocolate. But nothing beats the moment you see the Grand Canyon for the very first time. Visit a new state of mind. Learn more at hereyouareaz.com. Gunsmoke. Brought to you by Chesterfield. Chesterfield packs more pleasure because it's more perfectly packed thanks to Accuray. They satisfy the most. Around Dodge City and in the territory on West, there's just one way to handle the killers and the spoilers, and that's with a U.S. Marshal and the smell of gun smoke. Starring William Conrad, the transcribed story of the violence that moved west with young America, and the story of a man who moved with it. I'm that man, Matt Dillon, United States Marshal. The first man they look for and the last they want to meet. It's a chancy job, and it makes a man watchful and a little lonely. The marshal's office? Uh, yeah, come in, stranger. You're Marshal Dillon? I am. My name's Egan Marshal. Emmett Egan. I'm glad to know you. Uh, this is Chester Proudfoot. How do you do? Hello. The purpose of my visit may surprise you, Marshal. <laughs> well, if it doesn't mean trouble, it sure will. I've just deposited $50,000 in the bank here. Huh? That's a lot of money, Egan. Well, it's taken me ever since the war to earn it. I've been up in Chicago, Marshal, running cattle auctions for a man named Swift, but I'm through with that now. Oh? I'm going to try something new. Marshal, I don't intend any insult, but if you need money, name your price. I'm afraid I don't follow you, Egan. I want your job. What? I want to be Marshal here. All right, say it out, Egan. I'm serious, Marshal. No tricks to this. I've been to Washington, and the War Department's endorsed my application, but they tell me there are no openings, so I came to Dodge. I thought if I can somehow persuade you to quit, maybe they'll put me on here. I think you are serious. Oh, I am. It's simple enough. I'm tired of the kind of work I was doing, and I want to try this. Something exciting. Oh, I see. What would you advise me to do, Marshal? Go back to Chicago. You're a lot safer there. You think I'm not qualified to be a lawman? Well, you're wearing a gun. I'm accustomed to authority, Marshal. I was a major under General McClellan. Took my first bullet in the Chickahominy in 62. I see. 
Uh, is this your first trip to the frontier, Mr. Egan? It's my first in 67. Uh-huh. Well, I still advise you to go back to Chicago. No, Marshal. All right, Mr. Egan, you want this job so bad, you can have it, as far as I'm concerned. Now, Mr. Dillon... There's very little money in it and absolutely no thanks. I've been a live target for every drunken bum and glory hunter in Kansas about long enough. You mean it, Marshal? Yeah, but on one condition. Yeah? That you hang around for a week, see what it's like. And then if you still want it... Oh, I want it all right. All right, then we'll start right now. I'm ready. What do we do first? You all set, Chester? My. Yes, sir, I guess so. All right, then follow me. That whistling man, Bobby Haggard, really started something. Tonight, the Calypso boys join in. Ready, amigos? Packs more pleasure. Packs more pleasure. Chesterfield packs more pleasure. Because Chesterfield's more perfectly packed. The more perfectly packed your cigarette, the more taste and mildness are released for you. Chesterfield, made by exclusive Accuray, has an open, easy draw that unlocks all the pleasure of fine tobaccos. Now, Accuray ensures an even distribution of tobacco from one end of your Chesterfield to the other. Chesterfield is firm and pleasing to the lips, mild yet deeply satisfying. Chesterfield packs more pleasure because Chesterfield's more perfectly packed. To the touch, to the taste, Chesterfield packs more pleasure... Because it's more perfectly packed. Why, Chesterfield? Mild, yet they satisfy the most. Why don't you sit down and rest a spell, Mr. Egan? No, thanks. He's going to wear himself out walking up and down that way. Yeah. You got a match, sister. Mm-hmm. Sure, Red. Here. Oh, thanks. <laughs> Dodge sure ain't very lively today, is it? Uh, not very. I only had me a knife. I could do a little whittling. Oh, what happened to your knife, Chester? Well, it was about wore out, so I traded it to a small kid I know. Her flipper. <laughs> Why don't you get yourself another one? Mr. Dillon, I am so mean poor, I just couldn't stand the outlay of another oh, knife. Oh, yeah, yeah, I forgot. Hey, look there. Somebody hadn't ought to be in town. Oh, where? Who? That fella coming up the street, riding that sleigh back to old Broodmare, see him? He looks like a farmer. <laughs> if you call a man whose wife hoes a ten-yard patch of mealy potatoes a farmer, then he's one, all right. 
You said he shouldn't be in town. He can't be very dangerous. He's dangerous to himself. Oh, what do you mean? Why, he gets the dog on drunk every time he comes in here. He can't hardly climb back up on that old mare. And when he does, he usually falls off somewhere before he gets home and lays out there on the prairie all night like a dead man. It's a pure wonder he ain't been at by something. Oh, Marshal, we've been hanging around this porch for three hours. I'm beginning to feel like a bum myself. Now, that's part of the job, Egan. Keeping an eye on things, we call it. Keeping an eye on things? You and Chester both are fighting to stay awake. Are you calling it quits, Egan? Oh, no. Of course not. Then let's go get a cup of coffee, huh? This portion of the podcast is sponsored by the Christian Devotional and Prayer Journal for Women. Are you looking for a guided Christian devotional and undated journal to help you deepen your faith and prayer life? Well, look no further. The Women's Bible Study and Devotional is designed to help you explore the Bible in a meaningful way and to develop the habit of regular devotion and prayer. The guide provides scripture-based lessons and activities that will help you draw closer to God and gain an understanding of the Bible's teachings. You can get your copy from Amazon, or you can see the link at the top of our show notes. It'll be dark soon, and we can start making the rounds. What's the name of this place, Marshal? It's called the Long Branch. Oh, here comes somebody yawning on. Evening, ma'am. Oh, Kitty. How long have you been sitting here? Ah, uh, not long. Uh, Kitty, this is Emmett Egan. How do you do, Miss Kitty? Mr. Egan? Oh, I sit down. Uh-huh. I, uh, I hear you may be our new marshal. What? Now, how in the world... Well, Chester was in a while ago. It's true, isn't it? Well, it isn't exactly settled yet, Miss Kitty. But you want the job. Yes. Why? Well, let's say I was bored with what I was doing. Well, sure. That's happened to a lot of ex-soldiers. I can't stand peacetime. Uh, me in particular, I guess. Why don't you re-enlist? The cavalry keeps busy out here. I tried that, Miss Kitty. You did? Back in 67. 67? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. The Cheyenne and the Sioux were real active that year, weren't they? Yes, they were, but not where the cavalry was. Wait a minute. Uh, were you a General Hancock? That's right, Marshal. We took to the field for four months. We marched and counter-marched all over this country, and then we returned to Fort Harker. Well, what was wrong with that? Well, all we did was burn one empty village, kill two young Cheyenne braves, both of whom we later found out were friendly. It took 1,100 men to do that. Oh. Yeah, what is it, Chester? I, I don't know for sure, but I hear there's some kind of trouble down at Moss Grimmick State. Well, huh? it's about time something happened around here. Yeah. Now, don't forget, Egan, when it does, somebody usually dies. What's the trouble here, men? Where's Moss Grimmick, Chester? Well, he ain't here, Mr. Dillon. They say Leonard Fibbs there is the one who knows about it. Oh, Fibbs, a little sodbuster? Yes, sir. Uh, hey, Fibbs, come here. What's going on here, Fibbs? Inside, Marshal. Back there in the stall. Oh, what's back there? Bad, Marshal, real bad. Don't nobody go in there. It's real bad. What is? Who's in there, Phipps? Not even you, Marshal. 
Not nobody. Leave him alone, I'm warning you. Oh, he ain't got good sense, Mr. Dillon. No use talking it's, to him. It's real bad in there. Yeah, something's got him scared half to death. I'm going to go take a look. You stay here, Chester. I'm going with you, Morton. Look, Egan, I don't know what's in there. It could be a crazy man with a gun looking for blood. It could be anything. Action is what I came here for, Marshal, and you said I could hang around. All right. But you get out of the way if there's any shooting. I'm not entirely a novice with a gun, Marshal. No, but you're not a professional either. Now stay at least ten paces behind me. Right. Marshal Dillon. Who's that here? Come on, speak up. Maybe he's hiding, waiting for you. Well, he can't see me any better than I can see him. You're taking an awful chance, Marshal. You stay where you are, Egan. What? What's this? Chester, bring a lantern. All right, Egan. What is it, Marshal? Nothing we have to kill. What do you mean? You'll see when Chester brings the light. Oh, he's coming. What have you found, Mr. Dillon? Hold the lantern over here, Chester. That's your work. Oh, my goodness. Somebody's gone and hung, man. So that's it. Poor devil. Was this a lynching, Marshal? No, Egan, that's old Tom Sanders. He's been drunk for 20 years. Yeah, I guess he finally decided to break the habit. Yeah, you won't get any action out of this. It's been nearly a week. Enough excitement for you? I must admit, Marshal, it's not quite what I'd expected. Somehow I had the idea Marshal was always busy doing things. You mean gunfighting? I've told you I don't think gunfighting is necessary. Yeah, I remember. Any man accustomed to command should be able to control these Dodge City ruffians without much trouble. I only draw my gun as a last resort, Egan. And besides, you haven't seen any of these men in action yet. I still want the job, Marshal. Yeah, I know. Oh, uh, Matt? Yeah, come on in, Doc. Uh, say, Matt, you'd better get over the Texas Trail. Oh? You know those fellas Gear and Bozeman? Yeah, I know them. Well, they've got that poor little Leonard Fibbs at the bar there, and they're trying to make him pay for their drinks. He's broke, of course, so they're beating him up. They're doing it real slowly, bit by bit. I tell you, it just makes you sick to watch it. All right, Doc. Wait, Marshal. Yeah, what? Let me handle this. Look, Egan, Kieran Bozeman may be a couple of bullies, but that doesn't mean they're not dangerous. They are. Are you afraid I might be able to handle them, Marshal? Well? Okay, go ahead. Here, take my badge. Tell him you're a deputy. Thank you, Marshal. You gotta learn one way or the other. <laughs> Where are you listening to Gunsmoke? In your favorite easy chair? 
or out driving? Oh, there you are, in the kitchen. Say, you want to make whatever you're doing more enjoyable? Have a Chesterfield. Enjoy Chesterfield's better taste and mildness. You see, Chesterfield packs more pleasure because it's more perfectly packed. A more perfectly packed cigarette gives you an open, easy draw that unlocks all the better taste and mildness of fine tobaccos. And Chesterfield, made by exclusive Accuray, is more perfectly packed, with an even distribution of tobacco from one end of your Chesterfield to the other. Firm and pleasing to the lips, mild, yet deeply satisfying. Remember, to the touch, to the taste, Chesterfield packs more pleasure because Chesterfield's more perfectly packed. Buy Chesterfield. Mild, yet they satisfy the most. Deputy, where do you come from? Are you Bozeman or Gear? I'm Bozeman, Mr. Deputy. I'm the one who generally does the talking, but we both do the fighting. You're out of order, Bozeman. What's that? I said you're out of order. I will not tolerate your insolence. I'm not sure, Mr. Deputy. Are you saying you don't like us? That's enough. You and Gear will turn and face the bar while I take your guns. You're the most doggone foolish man I ever saw, Mr. Deputy. Do as I say. Why? Because you're wearing a badge? That's reason enough. Now, Mr. Deputy, that may be reason enough for you. No shooting. I'm ordering you to face the bar. I guess there's no use talking to you, Mr. Deputy. I'll take him along here. He's, he's going Hold to... it, Bozeman! All right, that's enough. Well, go ahead, Bozeman. Try it again. Now, wait, Marshal. You knew he couldn't handle a gun. You know I can, is that it? Your gun against two of us? Quit talking, Bozeman. Don't try it, Gear. All right, then do as my deputy told you. Face the bar. Sure. Sure, Marshal. Chester. Yes, sir. You want me to lock him up, Mr. Dillon? Here are the guns, Chester. I'll be at Doc's. Maybe he can save Bozeman here from hanging. Yeah, it's getting light out, Doc. It generally does this time of morning. Yeah, but I'm not generally sitting up waiting for a man to die. He isn't going to die, man. 
when I saw what that bullet did to him. You feel guilty, don't you, Matt? Wouldn't you, Doc? Yes, I guess I would. Doc? Oh, what? Well, he's conscious. Well, how do you feel, Egan? Pretty fair, Doc. I've been lying here, listening to you talk. Well, you mean you've been conscious for some time? Half hour, maybe. I wanted to get my head clear. A few weeks in bed, and it'll be clear enough. I guess I was lucky. If that bullet had gone one inch to the left, you'd have died on the floor, Egan. You were lucky, all right. (laughs) God protects fools and drunkards, doesn't it? Marshal Dillon. Yeah. I heard you saying you felt guilty about this. It wasn't your fault. Well, I should have known what had happened. But I heard you telling Doc how it happened. You faced them the same way I did. They didn't shoot you. It's a little different with me, Egan. How? This is my profession. I've handled enough men to be professional. Egan, why do you think Bozeman did what I told him to do? Because he knew you'd shoot if he didn't? He not only knew I'd shoot, he knew I'd kill him. He knows I can handle a gun pretty well. And that part of the profession they don't teach in the Army. Takes years and years to learn. Well, I can't complain anymore about there not being enough action, can I, Marshal? Yeah, your week's up today, Egan. Do you want the job? <laughs> Marshal, you ever been in California? Not for some time. I hear things are pretty active out there. I'll write you and tell you all about it. <laughs> Our star, William Conrad. Chesterfield packs more pleasure because Chesterfield's more perfectly packed. Chesterfield, made by exclusive Accuray, packs more pleasure because it's more perfectly packed. Unlocks all the pleasure of fine tobaccos. Chesterfield packs more pleasure because Chesterfield's more perfectly packed. Firm and pleasing to the lips, Chesterfield. Mild, yet they satisfy the most. You know, there were a lot of ways for death to come to a man on the frontier. All of them hard. But next week, a man meets death the hardest way of all. At the end of a rope. But that was the West. Good night. Gunsmoke. Produced and directed by Norman MacDonald. Stars William Conrad as Matt Dillon, U.S. Marshal. Our story was specially written for Gunsmoke by John Meston, with music composed and conducted by Rex Corey. Sound patterns by Tom Hanley and Bill James. Featured in the cast were John Daner, James Nusser, and Harry Bartell. Harley Bear is Chester, Howard McNear is Doc, and Georgia Ellis is Kitty. 
Smokers, this is it. L and M filters. So good to your taste, so quick on the draw. Make today your big red letter day, your L and M red letter day. Superior taste and filter, it's the miracle tip. Make today your big red letter day, change to L and M today. L and M, so good to your taste. So quick on the draw. Get L and M today. Relax with L and M. So good to your taste, so quick on the draw. Join us again next week for another specially transcribed story on gun smoke. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.